Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Thank you for joining us to hear another Grace story in our series that we call Grace Stories, which we intersperse throughout our podcast um, releases just to help you to see how the grace of God and the gospel of grace works in people's lives and changes their lives because stories are always very interesting to hear uh, as uh, everyone has a story. God is doing something in everyone's life and we trust that God is doing something in your life and that the story you hear today might make a difference to you. I think you're going to be fascinated with the story of our friend who I am talking to from the other side of the world Edward Hanbotun is in Myanmar, the country of Myanmar, which sometimes in America is referred to as Burma, in Southeast Asia, be west of Vietnam, be east of Asia. And he has a fascinating story and a wonderful ministry today. So welcome to you, Edward. Yes. Thank you for inviting me to share the grace of God. Thank you. It's good to hear your voice because of circumstances, political circumstances. Uh, we and others in the West have not been able to visit Myanmar, so we have not been able to see you. And you you have visited the United States several times as well, and, yes. and it's difficult for you to come here. Now, that plus COVID has just kind of separated us for a while. But we've kept in touch, and it's good to good to see you today and hear you today. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you Yangon is the major city in Myanmar, but yes. you you're from the north part of the country, right? Yes, um, I'm the I'm from the little town called Kalimio. Kalimio, uh, yeah. Where we have been several times, also. Yes, yes, we you've been there. Yeah. Um and uh that that is a uh there's some regions that are more Christian populated than others. That's more of a Christian region, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How many uh you're, you you call yourself from the Kachin tribe? No, I'm from Chin, Chin tribe. Chin. Okay, yeah. well I know people from <laughs> Kachin. So there's yes. Chin and Kachin, which is making my point that how many tribes are there in Myanmar? Uh, we have uh, mainly eight major tribes. Yes. Okay. And Burmese is the largest. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so when we translate things and preach, we have to understand which language group we're talking to. Yes. Um, and we'll get to that later, but Edward's been helping with uh, some of our projects over there um, to help him in his ministry. But coming from the north then, uh, you were raised as a, a Christian? In a Christian family, yes, how, I was. How was that? Yeah, I was born in Christian family, um, but nominal Christian. <laughs> My mom was the first who become to understand the grace of God in our family, uh, but it's sad to say that she was the first who went to be with the Lord in our family. Mm. How old were you when she went to be with the Lord? Uh, she was 60. Yeah. How how old were you? She... Um, I'm 
she went to be with the Lord the past eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now I'm 45. Oh, yeah. okay. So she was 60. Um, yeah. That is young. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was a godly woman because of her that uh, uh, I come to know the Lord, I can say. She was telling me that um, uh, only she was being born again after she gave birth to me. I was the third child in my family. I'm sorry, say again, you were what? Uh, <clears throat> I was the third child in okay. my family. Okay. So she said that uh, she come to know the Lord only I was born. Hmm. So she, she carried me when I was a little boy <laughs> to uh-huh. the prayer meeting and attend the churches. Gotcha. And she always tell me about Jesus, but uh, I didn't fully understand it <laughs> well. Okay. Well, uh, j- just like your mother, she came to understand at some point. When did you come to understand that? I'm uh, getting ahead of the story, but what age were you when you would say that you were saved? Yeah, I attend the Sunday school when I was little, but learned many scripture, but I didn't understand it. But only when uh, the time my grandpa passed away, I was looking at his dead body and asking myself a question, will my grandpa rise again? Mm. And though I don't fully understand the scripture from John 11, you know, Jesus said, uh, those who believe in me, though he may die, uh, he shall live again. So I I, I, I truly believe my grandpa believed Jesus Christ is his personal savior. Uh-huh. So good. I was, well, I was watching him and I asked myself, what about me? <laughs> I cry a lot at the, the funeral uh-huh. and the spirit was working in me and the scripture that I memorized in my childhood and that tell me to, you know, that I need Jesus in my life for uh, eternal life. So I accepted him as my own personal savior at that moment. That time I was about 15 years old. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're 15 years old. Uh how how was your um, upbringing? Did you have a, a Christian lifestyle? Um, after I received Christ and I was baptized by uh, one of the Baptist pastor in that area, and but I didn't understand what that means. <laughs> I just did it, and mm-hmm. now I understand it. Uh, baptism is the first step toward the becoming disciple of Jesus Christ. At that time, I did not attend the discipleship program, and I, I don't even remember our church has that program for the new convert. Mm-hmm. So my my spiritual life wasn't growing, as I can say. I believe Jesus as my personal Savior. I know I will go to heaven if I die at that moment. I was sure, but I did not become a, a disciple. I mean, not following Jesus in my life. So yeah. what- uh, what was your life like? I know that I um, you've told me in yeah. the past that you used to have a, some issue with drugs. Yes. <laughs> at that time, my father had um, has a problem at his work, and that caused him not being able to support our family. 
So uh, our, you know, we were asked to live with our relatives. So at that time, I when I finished my high school, I was thinking about going to college. So because of the financial problem, I decided to go to the northern part of our country where people are digging for jade mm-hmm. and uh, gold mines are there. So while I was working there, I ended up using opiums and heroin and, you know, all kinds of drugs for almost four years there. And, and Myanmar um, is known as one of the centers of heroin production in the whole world, isn't it? So it's hard to get away from it. Yeah. Mm. In that the, that area, you know, in northern part of the country or Kachin State, people are, you know, openly using opium at that time. You know, people are, you know, able to <laughs> freely use any kinds of drug mm-hmm. and you know, do all kinds of business there. So I was there for almost four years using opiums. And, you know, my, I thought I was, I, I was going to die there. So mm-hmm. I wrote a letter to my family back home. At that time, my older sister became a Christian and she attended Bible school. And after she heard about me and she made prayer requests at school, and all my family members make requests at the church. And they all were praying for me, I think, on those days. And mm-hmm. well, I was digging um, the, the Jake yeah. at the forest yeah. alone. And suddenly I just kneel there and pray to the Lord. <laughs> I cry a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe spirit inside me is working. And I ask forgiveness from the Lord. Um, I pray to God, God, uh, though I am your child, I'm not living a life that please you. And I know I'm going to die soon because of this drug and I cannot come out of this and I'm fully slave to this. And if you let me live and I'm going to give the rest of my life to you and be in the fu- fully in the ministry. Uh, I make that prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Praise God, He let me live. <laughs> I'm still alive now. Amen. So. <laughs> you, you were um, so addicted to the opium and heroin that you thought you were going to die from it. You were convinced that you were going to die from it and wrote a letter to your family. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You saw no and, way out. So what happened after you yeah. prayed prayed to God and asked and, and after I prayed to God and asked forgiveness from him, and I stopped using, you know, and that just, cost just like me. like that, immediately? Yeah. Just immediately I stopped using that. That cost me, you know, a lot of, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it that in English. Sorry about my <laughs> poor English. You're fine. And I, I was in bed for, you know, more than three months and not being able to, you know, even walk. During that time, one of my friends, his name is Chun Chun, was taking care of me and bringing me food and helping me with other needs. And also there was a young girl um, who owned a tea shop in that area. And she and her mom came to me and helped me with medication and other needs. So now I realized that the Lord was preparing me and using, 
you know, helping me even by, you know, using non-believers to <laughs> meet my need. Mm. So, uh, so, you know. You were so strongly that, addicted to it that when you tried to get off, you couldn't even walk. Yes. Mm. And at that time, my brother was um, working in Singapore and she earned some money, sent some money to my parents to get me out of that area. So my, my dad come to get me out of that area and I was able to go back to Kalinu. Okay. And it took about, you know, two years to recover from that. Because mm. even though I made commitment to the Lord, I soon forget when I got back to Kalimio and I, you know, going back to, you know, drinking alcohol and <laughs> smoking a little bit. And because I, I wasn't growing spiritually, though I intend the church service and, you know, that's not helping me a lot. Yeah. And that time, my cousin from, uh, come back from India, from Bible school, and he was, uh, you know, helping me grow my spiritual life. And I realized the commitment I made to the Lord in that Kachin state. Mm -hmm. And I decided to go to Bible school to study Bible and fully get involved in the ministry. So I went to Yango for one year. And from there, I went on to India in Kerala state for my theological education. So by God's grace, uh, he support me, uh, even though my family were not able to support my uh, me financially for my uh, study. He was there, always there to meet my need mm -hmm. you know, all the time. And I was able to study and get my degree there in India. And during my study in India, uh, every summer, I go to different places to preach the gospel, share people about myself, and share the gospel, mm -hmm. including Orissa State in India and other part of India too. Uh -huh. And I come back from there, and I was working in Yango um, Bible College in Yango. Okay. And that time, uh, I met my wife Hannah there. Okay. <laughs> while I was school, while I was in school, I prayed to God for a godly wife. <laughs> uh -huh. And one day, while I was sitting at the school, then one girl opened the door and come in, <laughs> and I was watching her. And the spirit was—I thought spirit was telling me <laughs> that's the one you were praying. <laughs> was the spirit telling her too? <laughs> So I asked about her, and she, she, her father is a pastor. Okay. So I, I, I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the Hannah, you married. <clears throat> Hannah, you married, and uh, uh, when did you start in the the ministry? We'll get to your present ministry, but what what kind yeah. of ministry did you have at first? Uh, we got married in two thousand five. So uh, after we got married, I met, uh, while I was, you know, uh, teaching at Bible school, and I was also helping with my father-in-law, who is a Reformed Baptist pastor. I was, uh, you know, helping him 
at the church. And in those days, my theology was a little bit confused because, because the, the way they interpret the Bible and the way they explain is a little bit different from what I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, after I met with uh, a man named Tom Redigan from BUO Ministry, and they asked me to become a translator for the ministry. So I start translating for them and uh, start just, to learn just about. Just to be BEE. clear, this is B E E ministry. Yeah, biblical education by extension wall. So world we call it B E E wall. Yes. Yeah. So you started translating for them. Yes, and I get to know them, and I was able to attend their conferences. I got to listen Dr. Jody preaching and teaching, and that mm-hmm. really encouraged me and. Dr. Jody I Duo, thought, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I thought this ministry is uh, uh, really great, and we we our country needs such ministry in here. So I decided to work with them, and since 2005 until today, I'm working with them, and through that ministry, I come to know people like uh, Arch Rutherford, mm-hmm. and through him, I come to know. You yes. and I was able to attend like um, GES conference uh, two time, uh, you know, every after two years, mm-hmm. and be able to learn more about grace message that encouraged me a lot, mm-hmm. and that helped me, you know, be able to unlock many scripture and help me to grow my spiritual life. Yeah, helped me a lot in my ministry too. You mentioned the grace message, and we know what you're talking about, and we know what B World stands for, and what Jody Dillow and Arch Rutherford teach about mm-hmm. salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Uh, yes. Do you not hear that message preached in Myanmar very much? Yeah, uh, I can say not much because I think in my personal. Uh, you know, I might be wrong, but the the preaching and the ministry I'm hearing here is many of them are a little bit confused about, you know, becoming believer and becoming disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that make uh, the unbeliever confuse the gospel. You know, uh, my understanding is becoming a believer and becoming disciple of Jesus Christ, totally different call, you know, calling for you know, eternal life and calling for coming disciple is a different issue. But sometimes I heard pastor preaching that two, you know, mixing together and that make confused listener, you know. Yeah. yeah, well, that's a big problem in the United States too <laughs> and around the world that people don't make the distinction between Jesus' mm-hmm. call to salvation and the call to discipleship. But of course, you can't have one without the other. Um, yes. but you discovered what it meant to be a disciple. So you're translating for them and getting to mm-hmm. know some, some people. Um, and where did your ministry go from there? Um, I start to, you know, contact with uh, other church leader in different state, like uh, Manali, Shan State, Kachin, Kaya, Korean, and different stated talking with a meeting with leaders to expand the BEE wall ministry in Myanmar. And we, we, 
we teach, uh, when we teach BE in Myanmar, we teach in small groups, about 15 to 20 people, group of leaders right. coming from different uh, backgrounds, coming together to learn the Bible. So that's how the BE ministry was grow. Um, in last four years, uh, we decided to, you know, uh, start as the BE Myanmar um, leading, you know, our local lead uh, ministry. Uh, we call this BEE Myanmar. So you are and, now the director of BEE Myanmar. Yes, yes. Me and my wife, Hannah. Um, and, and also. Yes. Okay. Well, so you're teaching pastors. And I've been over there uh, more, oh, I don't know, maybe four, five times to Myanmar mm -hmm. and also teaching pastors and with you some sometimes. Yes. Uh, what what is your what do you see as a response to the gospel message that you preach? How mm -hmm. do the pastors respond? Um it, it at first, you know, <laughs> it's amazed me that uh, one of the pastors tell me, Edward, you are preaching too much grace. <laughs> I said, you can't have I too much him, grace, can you? <laughs> I, I said, how much grace you want to give to other people, and how much grace you want from the Lord? That's just the question I asked. Uh -huh. So that's a good response. After you know, two three meeting, uh, I think they understand what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. You know, but still, some other are you know. When they heard my preaching, then they feel strained, <laughs> and that's because of the the gospel they've been hearing is you know totally mixed up. Yeah, it tends to mix in their works or yeah. human performance or commitment mm -hmm. uh, or perseverance or any anything that has to do with our performance. So when they hear the message of the freeness of God's grace, it does mm -hmm. set them back, and I don't blame them for being. Yes, or misunderstanding or not uh, uh, accepting it right away. That's why, like you say, it takes four or five mm -hmm. meetings at least. That's mm -hmm. why we tend mm -hmm. to go back to certain countries over and over again. And so yes. you're there as an anchor for that message. Mm -hmm. uh, but you've seen mm -hmm. a lot of progress with that message. Yes, yes. I think uh, many churches, you know, I was amazed uh, during the COVID, uh, we could not travel. Right. And we cannot bring people to the training center. So we heavily depend on Zoom meeting. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching uh, a group of young people, about 100 people from different regions, area. And they were hearing uh, the grace message that I preached for, you know, a month. Many of them accept mm -hmm. joyfully. And yesterday, one of the uh, teacher from Chin State, she was telling me that um, when I was teaching through Zoom, she was inviting group of young people to listen through her computer. There, mm. a group of young people come to know the Lord through that message, and they go back to their valleys and telling their pastor. So their <laughs> pastor was asking her to come and teach that message to us. Wow. <laughs> so she said, pray for me because I could not get to there because the people, different forces and the military are fighting in that area. Yeah. So they always you know, uh, aiming in certain area with sniper, if they cross that, they just shoot them. So mm. uh, 
uh, we're praying for her to be able to go to that area. Amen. So what I'm saying is, you know, when we share grace, when people with their humble heart, um, you know, when they receive it, they are fully blessed and be joyful and be wanted to tell other people about that grace message. Yeah, you've used the word joyful, joyfully. Uh, and that is exactly the response that people have when they understand that they can be yes. going to heaven and that mm-hmm. they're not going to lose their salvation. But it takes some time for them to understand that. Um, and it not only are you fighting against the legalism in the Christian uh, culture in Myanmar, mm-hmm. but you also are a minority because uh, what percent of percent of Myanmar is Buddhist? Uh, Myanmar is, um, um, you know, I can say may- maybe more than 80%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Christians are not always treated favorably. And uh, no, yeah, no. sometimes targeted for abuse, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate, makes, makes it difficult. Um, and traveling is difficult and going into some cities is difficult uh, from what yes. I've been trying to follow the news as clearly as possible. It might help for people to understand what happened a couple of years ago uh, when things changed. Um, how would you summarize that for us in the West, trying to understand what happened? You know, we um, were under the military rule for more than 60 years. A few years back, uh, we had a civilian government who were trying to run the country to better future. We were so happy. But, you know, in February 1st, 2021, you know, the military coup, you know, happened in Myanmar. And as you all heard about the news. And since that time, the country is, you know, going backward, declining so fastly, you know. Everything has changed, you know. So um, the whole country protests against this uh, military regime. And many young people uh, went to the forest and got involved with the people, different forces, and bear arm and trying to fight with this regime. Uh, that's what's going on. So as a pastor, you know, watching this, uh, witnessing this evil being done in uh, in front of us, so difficult, you know. Mm. We pray to God for every day and night, and the Lord seemed not answering our prayer. And even few two or four days ago, the government, the military shooting, even to the student who were studying at the school, mm. you know, there were about thirteen people who had been killed mm. because they were shooting. With aircraft. So, you know, they arrest people whenever they wanted to. And, you know, they just kill people like that. It's so difficult for us right now to, as a Christian, and what should we do? You know, the Bible teaches us to obey the leadership, I mean, a government authority. And this group is, um, you know, uh, committing crime against humanity and, you know, doing so many evil things. And it's so, so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to watch. Uh, yeah. As a pastor. Yeah. It's difficult for me as an outsider to see the wonderful progress that the message of grace was making in Myanmar. And mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. then to see it interrupted like this and people not able to travel 
and minister yes. freely. And sometimes it's the Christian regions that are targeted for these mm-hmm. indiscriminate bombings and so forth. So sure. it's a good reminder for us in the West to pray for Myanmar and uh, a democracy, a true democracy uh, mm-hmm. there instead of a military regime to rule. And that's one of the obstacles you face in your ministry is dealing with mm-hmm. traveling and, and, and even being careful, I'm sure, what you say and where you go. But what other obstacles do you find uh, and face in your ministry there as you try to train pastors? Yeah, the other thing is we have a ministry in different regions and different areas. Some of them are now in the war zone and they're going through a very difficult situation. And sometimes they call me and tell me about what they're going through. And, you know, we try to help them with uh, little resources that we have. Uh, we could not get to those areas and we could not travel. That's, that's, make us very sad you know mm. uh, even when we receive some gift from the different believer to uh, support them we have to do it very secretly because when if the military came out uh, come to know that i'm distributing some help or give to the people they would just come to arrest me and they've been arresting people who are doing you know humanitarian work and helping other people so that's uh, one of the a difficult uh, struggle that we have. We want to care our brother and sister in Christ mm-hmm. when they are going through such uh, difficulty, and uh, we cannot do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know that uh, it was a double difficulty with the military control and COVID, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people needed food and people needed yes. oxygen who were sick and couldn't get that, and we were able mm-hmm. to send some resources uh, to Myanmar to help with yes. oxygen tanks and food as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue to help in some ways. Um, I might mention that beside your ministry, teaching pastors, Edward, you also had a Bible college started there and that got interrupted. And you also mm-hmm. had a children's home for poor families from the North who couldn't mm-hmm. send their children to school. And, you had a wonderful ministry with the children's home as well, and you have a church on mm-hmm. your property there, as well as a farm. Yes, to, uh, yes. To help feed the people, but all of that is interrupted, also. Yes, the church still. Um, um, I was, as I said, I was working with my father-in-law, who is a Reformed Baptist Church, but our ministry, B ministry, is interdenominational. Mm-hmm. So I want, I don't want the B student or pastor to identify me with any denomination. Right. So we prayed to God and Hannah and I decided to start a you know home church. And that's where I'm and uh leading. We have about 10 families regularly meeting. Uh, but this day we meet through Zoom and mm-hmm. sometime we um you know uh get together in some places uh, meet each other in person, but mm-hmm. mainly I'm preaching through Zoom in this day okay. until today. So and that, that's your church ministry, yeah. Yeah, and Hannah, after we got married, um, one uh, one of the lady who come to know Christ through our ministry, one day she came to me with her daughter. Uh, she said uh, her husband beat her so badly; she doesn't want to go back. <laughs> And I encourage her, mm. since you come, you become a Christian, 
you were Buddhist before. Now you have to obey your husband. That's what the Bible teach. Mm. So, well, she, you know, uh, she was there. Her husband died. So she could not take care of her daughter. So she gave it to us. That was after Mira. our get married. Not not Mira. Oh, not That's Mira. Was Naomi. Okay. Do you remember meeting her? her? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and that's Naomi, and we took care of her, and we have another daughter named Tui, and both of them are already graduated from the school, and now they're helping us in the ministry. Mm. And you know, so what I'm trying to say is, um, with that, we thought we can take care of some kids. And yeah. we can raise them uh, with the scriptures. So we decided to raise some more kids from the Blue Moon Crife, from northern, uh, that's from the Shan State, up in the north. We've been, yeah, we've been helping them, and you you came to visit us, and you've been yes. supporting us uh, that ministry too. Yes. And because of the COVID and the military coup, we said to say that we need to ask them to go back to their area. Because the military were targeting the young people, they're trying to arrest them. So it's not safe for them to be in that farm, the Shalom farm. So the farm, yeah, yeah. So you sent them back home for their safety. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. that's a shame because yeah, I was there and you were taking in mm -hmm. uh, helping people, even uh, those who have HIV were part of your ministry there yes and had yes. a refuge but the, all that's been interrupted um, mm -hmm. so you've got a lot going on edward and hannah always amaze me that they are doing so much <laughs> teaching pastors leading a church helping children in their children's school bible college uh and and translating material for people in the west like my book uh, grace salvation discipleship we just finished we're getting mm -hmm. ready to go to the printer with that there and he helped uh, Edward help also with Simply by Grace, and we really appreciate that. And so that's been distributed to thousands of people. Um, mm -hmm. but tell us about your present ministry and what your focus is, uh, and what are the ministry needs that you have today with mm -hmm. me, Myanmar? Yeah, as you said, through God's grace, we can accomplish so many things. Sometimes my wife Hannah asked me, why are you not working so hard? And why are you not, not working so hard? No, she said, why are you working so hard? Oh, why are you working you know, so hard? Not even taking rest. I, I told her I've been sleeping so many <laughs> years with uh, my opiums <laughs> using drug. I didn't repay that to my Lord. <laughs> I, I don't want to waste my time anymore. That's what I told her. And, <laughs> and you know, thanks God. We are able to continue our BE ministry, and thank you for uh, you know asking that question. Now uh, we are trying to you know bring the student to the training center. Um, we we did that for two three time now. So far it's okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm able to travel to the Kitchen State. I did that last week. Mm -hmm. A meeting with um, a group of pastors, and they were so excited about the ministry, and they asked me to open uh, an office there in the Kitchen State. So we did rent a home, mm -hmm. uh, which cost us $100 a month. Mm -hmm. 
and hopefully uh, we use that for the as a training center to train the pastor as a Christian leader in that area. So uh, remember us in your prayer because the our BE Myanmar ministry trying to, you know, teach just the Bible and bring all the Christian leaders from different denomination to come together and study and go back to the Bible and and find out more about grace and share it to other people. Yeah, being yes. be Myanmar as well as be ministries teaches all of the uh, theological truth about yes. all doctrines and all the Bible. So it's a comprehensive, thorough uh, study for these pastors and they're given a lot of homework to do. And then mm -hmm. they meet in person or by Zoom. And and now you're going to start a branch in the Kachin state to the north. Yes. And mm -hmm. uh, you're renting a house there. And so the needs continue to multiply, especially for things like yes. meeting places mm -hmm. and uh, technological needs and literature needs. So mm -hmm. if people wanted to give to uh, your ministry or to help you out, um, you know, I certainly can vouch for your character as well as many people here in the West who know you. Um, but you have a website you want? Yes. To yes. Our, our website is um, org. So please um, uh, take the time to look at and visit us. And I would like to personally thanks to Dr. Charlie Baines for, you know, letting us translate that book, um, Grace, Salvation, and Discipleship. I'm, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I've been using, I'm able to read in English, so I've been using that in my training program, and which helped me a lot to distinguish, you know, uh, A truth, B truth. You know, that's really cool because <laughs> in our Burmese alphabetical order, you know, A min kaji. Uh, oh, really? When we talk about salvation, kaji that's really cool, you know. That's about salvation, and b min kui. That means, you know, the Christian life. So <laughs> that oh. that helped me a lot to understand uh, many passages, and I hope many pastors who are going to receive that book very soon will be blessed by reading it and studying it. Thank you, well. thank you so much. Well, thank you for uh, translating it into Burmese language. And I believe it's already in Tidam Chin language over there as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so whatever whatever God does to use that, praise the Lord by, by all by his grace. So your website is B-E-E Myanmar.org. Yes. And people can get a hold of you there or or help you there. Um, yes. And so you've been going through a difficult time yourself as a family, not just in your ministry, but just surviving in a country that presents a lot of difficulties. What has the grace of God meant to you in these last couple of years? Um, <laughs> when I think about his grace and always, you know, humble before him. And I, I thanks God for the wonderful gift that he has given me freely through Jesus Christ. Um, I now fully understand the believing in him. Um, I have eternal life freely. And now, as I said, I understand um, going to heaven is for sure because I believe in Jesus. But what I'm going to do there, so that uh, free grace message helped me a lot to, you know, put my 
uh, believe in practice and good work. And I believe God always count every work that I did for him and he's going to reward me. So that really motivate me and, you know, uh, I want to encourage me to continue to serve him, uh, even though we are facing with so many difficulties in Myanmar. I wanted to be faithfully serving him and loving him and giving my life to him. Amen. Yeah. And and not because you have to, but because you want to. Yes, I want to. Yeah. And so God's grace is free, but it does motivate us to want to live a life of service to him. Mm -hmm. Well, Edward, uh, greet Hannah for us and your, your daughter who's yes. living with you now, uh, Mira. Uh, yes. Give a big hug for us until we are able to get over there and see you again. Mm -hmm. But I want to thank you for sharing your story with us today. And I'm sure many people will be blessed. Thank you for letting me share uh, the goodness of God that's shown in my life. Thank you. Amen. And we want to thank you, Edward, for your time and for your ministry there. That's making such a difference in uh, a difficult country like Myanmar. And I remind people who are listening to pray for Myanmar that they experience democracy. Pray for Edward and be, be Myanmar ministry as he trains pastors who go out and influence their community. And you can get in touch with him through the Myanmar.org. And uh, if you need to ask more questions, uh, you can always get a hold of us at gracelife.org. And we're coming out with an app that's going to be available worldwide with all of our resources available. So keep an eye out for that. If you like this podcast, share it with others. You think that we'll be blessed. Give us a good review and five stars and uh, more people will hear the message. And we thank you that uh, people like Edward are being faithful and preaching the gospel, even though it's difficult and goes against many times the cultural or religious understandings of people to understand that God's grace is absolutely free, that salvation is absolutely free. There's nothing we can do to work, earn, or deserve it. And yet we get eternal life that can never be lost, can never be taken away, and we uh, cannot lose it. And uh, And so here we have the story of someone who came up as a nominal Christian and was heavily involved in drugs and yet by god's grace was able to come out of that and into uh theological training and now is training others exactly what god wants us to do make disciples of others so we appreciate edward and his time today um and thank you for listening to the podcast today and another grace story until all here thank you for listening for more resources or to help spread the message of god's life-changing grace visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.